Welcome to A Journey Through the Message. My name is Robert. My name is Heidi. And we are so glad that you are here. Thanks for joining along as we read through the Message Version Bible this year. And it's been interesting so far. Very interesting. I, I hope the ones listening, I hope they look forward to it as much as we do. And today we have some really interesting topics. I mean, we're even going to touch on some wizards. Yeah, empty promises and loving your enemies. Those aren't the same thing. All so. sorts of things. So yes. the Bible's full of all sorts of great stuff. I think the Bible is filled with people that we can identify with. Absolutely. They are doing things wrong, taking matters into their own hands and not seeing what God's trying to tell them. Yeah. Just like us. So as always, we're going to have the text that we're reading out of down below listed in the comments there. So if you want to follow along either in the message version or if you wanted to follow along in your favorite translation or maybe reference a verse or something like that, all of the text will be listed down below. Before we get started, though, I had the thought the other day that, man, we really should be saying a quick little prayer. I so agree. Just before we get started, because you know what? Our hope and intent is that you hear what you need to hear today, because we go into this hoping we hear what we need to. And every day it's been such a blessing for us as we go through this. It's been absolutely amazing to me how every single time we have had a reading it has spoke so directly to something i'm mm. either directly learning through lectures at school or we are deeply involved with yep. in other areas of our life and it's been amazing to have god talking right to me absolutely so father god just open our hearts and our minds today as we listen to god's word Please bless us as we speak about God's word and just our experiences. And to anybody out there that's listening, just open their hearts and minds to fill them with exactly what they need to hear today. So bless everyone that's listening and... Send your Holy Spirit everywhere. Open those minds and get their hearts ready because you're about to start talking, God. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining with us today. And Heidi's going to be starting out reading out of Matthew chapter 5 verse 33 through 48 and don't say anything you don't mean conviction with the first sentence this council is embedded deep into our traditions you only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk saying i'll pray for you and then never doing it or saying god be with you and not meaning it you don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace Oh my goodness, do I love that. All those fancy pretty words that we use yeah. and the terms and those churchy things. The Christianese. Empty, meaningless things. Uh, if it's just a token comment. Sure. Make your words count, follow it up with actions. I'm saying that to me too. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. Well, that was good advice. And mm -hmm. now we're going to talk about loving our enemies because that comes natural oh, to everybody. Enemies. You, I know you have to like me. Oh. Not just like you have to love me. I do love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> and he's not my enemy. He's my best friend. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. 
If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. To get my furry coat to someone. You might. That's a nice coat. Too. Oh, that would be hard. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit for tat stuff. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law. Love your friend and its unwritten companion. Hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. That didn't sound like a suggestion. Hmm. That kind of sounded like something we're supposed to do. Let them bring out the best in you and not the worst. Man, I'm getting a lot of things wrong. Are you getting hit in the convictions again? Oh, my convictions are battered. (laughs) Oh, man. They're like waving the white flag. I need a shield. No, I think I want God to hit me in the conviction, so bring it. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the supple moves of prayer. For then, you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless. The good and bad, the nice and nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others, the way God lives towards you. Well, that was a big old heavy conviction <laughs> right at the end. Yes. I found it interesting. I love how God says that he gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone regardless the good the bad the nice the nasty it's just such an amazing proclamation of how much he loves everyone and now we're going to bounce forward a little bit over to acts chapter 8 and i'll be reading verse 1 through 25 Simon the wizard. Oh, we got a wizard we in the do. Bible. Magician. I wonder if he has a pointy hat and the wand. I wonder if he had an assistant. He obviously had a robe. Ooh, I bet you he had a robe. So just to back up here real yes. quick to give this context, if you're just joining with us, Stephen had just been stoned in front of all of these people and everything was it's changing. Chaos. Yeah, it was. And it was dangerous for Christians. Stephen stood there looking like an angel, didn't even notice the stones, and and prayed for them as he died. So Mm. that set off a terrific persecution of the church in Jerusalem. The believers were all scattered throughout Judea and Samaria, all, that is, but the apostles. Good and brave men buried Stephen, giving him a solemn funeral. Not many dry eyes that day. And Saul just went wild devastating the church, entering house after house after house, dragging men and women off to jail. Forced to leave the home base, the followers of Jesus all became missionaries. Wherever they were scattered, they preached the message about Jesus. Going down to a Samaritan city, Philip proclaimed the message of the Messiah. When the people heard what he had to say and saw the miracles, 
the clear signs of God's action, they hung on his every word. Many who could neither stand nor walk were healed that day. The evil spirits protested loudly as they were sent on their way, and what joy in that city. Previous to Philip's arrival, a certain Simon had practiced magic in the city. Posing as a famous man and dazzling all the Samaritans with his wizardry, he had them all, from little children to old men, just eating out of his hand. They all thought that he had supernatural powers and called him the Great Wizard. He had been around a long time and everyone was more or less in awe of him. I just pictured this old man, long beard, white hair, <laughs> big robe, got this big old staff walking out of the desert and people are like, <gasps> I wonder like, if he, the, he was I, the rock star of that time. I wonder if he knew how to do that thumb trick that, you know, where, where you put your thumbs together and then it makes them look like <laughs> at the knuckle. Oh, look at that. <laughs> no, no, no. Where you got the knuckle like here oh, and then you're that, like, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. You know, well, for those of you listening, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Even though you couldn't see what we were doing <laughs> back here. But when Philip came to town, announcing the news of God's kingdom and proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ, they forgot Simon and were baptized, becoming believers right and left. Even Simon himself believed and was baptized. From that moment, he was like Philip's shadow, so fascinated with all of the God signs and miracles that he wouldn't leave Philip's side. When the apostles in Jerusalem received the report that Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John down to pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Up to this point, they had only been baptized in the name of the Master Jesus. The Holy Spirit hadn't yet fallen on them. Then the apostles laid their hands on them, and they did receive the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the apostles, by merely laying on hands, conferred the Spirit, he pulled out his money, excited, and said, Sell me that secret. Show me how you did that. How much do you want? Name your price. Peter said, To hell with your money, and you along with it. Why, that's unthinkable, trying to buy God's gift. You'll never be part of what God is doing by striking bargains and offering bribes. Change your ways, and now. Ask the master to forgive you for trying to use God to make money. I can see this is an old habit with you. You reek with money lust. Oh, said Simon, pray for me. Pray to the master that nothing like that will ever happen to me. And with that, the apostles were on their way, continuing to witness and spread the message of God's salvation, preaching in every Samaritan town that they passed through on their return to Jerusalem. I love this story it for was... the fact that God seeks out the most unexpected people mm. and then uses them as an example. It happens over and over. And we had a beautiful example of this infant Christian, brand yes, new. little baby Christian. And it was the his perception of the magic quote unquote right. that they were doing and he was fascinated by it but he didn't have the right understanding and so these were old habits old it's deeply ingrained yeah. he came from a world where money was everything it's how he made money the whole point was to make money and mm -hmm. to fool and trick and deceive he just had to learn and understand it's not that that rebuke 
was meant for us to look at him like, what a horrible person, because we're all horrible people sure. like that. Yep. He just needed to be taught, yep. and he learned. That the power that's in God is mm-hmm. far greater than any of it's that not little money viable. or the status. That money or that, is yeah. just yeah. nothing. You don't need it to yep. have what God wants to give you. Yes. And now for everybody's favorite part of the segment, we're going to rewind back to the Old Testament. Yes. Maybe it's just my favorite part or... I know we like the noises. We like that little noise, you know, it's a sound effect. I think it's more he's excited because he gets to put a sound effect in and nobody has to listen to me make a human (laughs) rewind sound, so... Psalm number 13. I'm loving this already. All right, here we go. I'm reading this and I identify with this already so long enough god you've ignored me long enough i've looked at the back of your head long enough long enough i've carried this ton of trouble and lived with a stomach full of pain long enough my arrogant enemies have looked down their noses at me take a good look at me god my god i want to look life in the eye so no enemy can get the best of me or laugh when I fall on my face. I've thrown myself headlong into your arms. I'm celebrating your rescue. I'm singing at the top of my lungs. I'm so full of answered prayers. Oh, what a beautiful ending. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he was out of right. his suffering. Right. It wasn't over. It wasn't that he's living this fabulously happy, joyful life, but he's still saying, I'm going to sing and I'm going to celebrate and I'm so full. And this right here, you mentioned that. This is my favorite. Take a good look at me, God, my God. I want to look life in the eye. Mm. He had just said, I've looked at the back of your head long enough, God, just please just turn around and look at me because I want to look at life full in the face. And I find that so beautiful, his recognition that that is where it comes from. And I I just love it. I get excited. (laughs) And now we'll bounce all the way back to Genesis. And I'll be reading out of Genesis 31. And we're going to go and talk a little bit about Jacob and Laban and... (laughs) And that whole wonderful tribe of people. I and, am just telling you, I, I mean, get humans. so exasperated. And then I just laugh at these Old Testament people fumbling around just I trying know. to figure it out. So. so here we go. Genesis chapter 31. Thanks for joining along. Jacob learned that Laban's sons were talking behind his back. Jacob has used our father's wealth to make himself rich at our father's expense. At the same time, Jacob noticed that Laban had also changed toward him. He wasn't treating him the same. That's when God said to Jacob, Go back home where you were born. I'll go with you. So Jacob sent word for Rachel and Leah to meet him out in the field where his flocks were. He said, I notice that your father has changed towards me. He doesn't treat me the same as before. But the God of my father hasn't changed. He is still with me. You know how hard I've worked for your father. Still, your father has cheated me over and over, changing my wages time and again. But God never let him really hurt me. If he said your wages will consist of speckled animals, the whole flock would start having speckled lambs and kids. And if he said from now on your wages will be 
streaked animals, the whole flock would have streaked ones. Over and over, God has used your father's livestock to reward me. Once, while the flocks were mating, I had a dream and saw the billy goats, all of them streaked, speckled, spotted, mounting their mates. In the dream, an angel of God called out to me and said, Jacob, I said, yes. He said, watch closely. Notice all the goats in the flock that are mating are streaked, speckled, and mottled. I know what Laban's been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you consecrated a pillar and made a vow to me. Now be on your way. Get out of this place and go home to your birthplace. Rachel and Leah said, has he treated us any better? Aren't we treated worse than outsiders? All he wanted was the money he got from selling us, and he spent all that. Any wealth that God has seen fit to return to us from our father is justly ours and our children's. Go ahead, do what God told you. So Jacob did it. He put his children and his wives on camels and gathered all of his livestock and everything that he had gotten, everything acquired in Paddan Aram, to go back home to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Laban was off shearing sheep. Rachel stole her father's household gods. And Jacob had concealed his plan so well that Laban the Aramean had no idea what was going on. Now he, we know why he wanted her. They are two peas in a pod. Two in a pod. little conniving <laughs> people. Laban was totally in the dark to Jacob's plans. Jacob got away with everything he had and was soon across the Euphrates headed for the hill country of Gilead. Three days later, Laban got the news. Jacob's run off. Laban rounded up his relatives and chased after him. Seven days later, they caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. This, I mean, this is the origins of... Hatfields and McCoy's <laughs> right here. Absolutely. This has been going on forever. I, mean, I can just picture a big wagon train, camels, and just everybody just... Sheep and goats and oh, kids yeah. and wife one and wife two and concubines and maids <laughs> and speckled and streaked and hurry up. What? That night, God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream and said, Be careful what you do to Jacob, whether good or bad. When Laban reached out to him, Jacob's tents were pitched in the Gilead Mountains. Laban pitched his tents there too. What do you mean, said Laban, by keeping me in the dark and sneaking off, hauling my daughters off like prisoners of war? Why did you run off like a thief in the night? Why didn't you tell me? Why? I would have sent you off with a great celebration. Music, timbrels, flutes. Why wouldn't you permit me to so much as a kiss for my daughters and grandchildren? It was a stupid thing for you to do. If I had a mind to, I could destroy you right now. But the God of your father spoke to me last night and said, Be careful what you do to Jacob, whether good or bad. I understand. You left because you were homesick. But why did you steal my household gods? Jacob answered Laban, I was afraid. I thought that you would take your daughters away from me by brute force. But as far as your gods are concerned, if you find that anybody here has them, that person dies. 
Is this the same one that all by himself had to like roll up his sleeves and pull the rack off the top of the well same all guy. by himself? He's, he's just too afraid. So I'm going to gather up these hordes of things <laughs> and think he's going to just sneak off. I know. With all of us watching, look around. If you find anything here that belongs to you, take it. Jacob didn't know that Rachel had stolen the gods. Laban went through Jacob's tent, Leah's tent, the tents of the two maids, but didn't find them. He went from Leah's tent to Rachel's, but Rachel had taken the household gods, put them inside a camel cushion, and was sitting on them. When Laban had gone through the tent searching high and low without finding a thing, Rachel said to her father, Don't think I'm being disrespectful, my master, that I can't stand before you, but I'm having my period. So even though he turned the place upside down in his search, he didn't find the household gods. Now it was Jacob's turn to get angry. He lit into Laban. So what's my crime? What wrong have I done that you badger me like this? You've ransacked the place. Have you turned up a single thing that's yours? Let's see it. Display the evidence. Our two families can beat the jury and decide between us. In the 20 years that I've worked for you, ewes and she-goats never miscarried. I never feasted on the rams from your flock. I never brought you a torn carcass killed by wild animals, but that I had paid for it out of my own pocket. Actually, you made me pay for it, whether it was my fault or not. I was out in the all kinds of weather from torrid heat to freezing cold, putting in many sleepless nights. For 20 years I did this. I slaved away 14 years for your two daughters and another six years for your flock, and you changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not stuck with me, you would have sent me off penniless. But God saw the fix that I was in and how hard I had worked, and last night rendered his verdict. Laban defended himself. The daughters are my daughters. The children are my children. The flock is my flock. Everything you see here is mine. But what can I do about my daughters or for the children that they've had? So, how about we settle things between us? Make a covenant. God will be the witness between us. Jacob took a stone and set it upright as a pillar. Jacob called his family around. Everybody, get stones. They gathered the stones and heaped them up and then ate there beside the pile of stones. Laban named it in Aramaic. Show me some grace here, people. Yager Sahudatha. Ooh, I didn't know you spoke I Aramaic. Know, well, I've been I've been polishing Ooh. my Aramaic. Lately. Did you try that a couple times I did. before? Well, I got uh, that. What is it, Rosetta Stone? Oh, for Aramaic. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which means witness monument. Jacob, Jacob echoed the naming in Hebrew, Galid, which means witness monument. Laban said, this monument of stones will be a witness. And that's why it's called Galid, witness monument. Laban said, this monument of stones will be a witness beginning now between you and me. That's why it's called Galid, witness monument. It is also called Mizpah, watchtower, because Laban said, God keep watch between you and me when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters or take other wives when no one's around to see you, 
God will see you and stand witness between us. Laban continued to Jacob, This monument of stones and the stone pillar that I have set up is a witness, a witness that I won't cross this line to hurt you and you won't cross this line to hurt me. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their ancestor, will keep things straight between us. Jacob promised, swearing by the fear, the God of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and worshipped, calling in all of his family members to the meal. They ate and slept that night on the mountain. Laban got up early the next morning, kissed his grandchildren and his daughters, blessed them, and then set off for home. There's a few details that will need to be addressed, and I'm sure we'll <laughs> read about that in upcoming times. There's this little matter of some household Ooh, gods. The drama of the household mm-hmm. gods. When are they going to pop Make back up? Make an appearance. And the other thing that I was a little humored by is old Jacob with his laundry list of ooh-boo-hoo-me, and yep. this was awful. Why did he end up there in the first place? What did he do? That caused them to have to flee and end up in this position. It's funny how that has been a thread in his life that he just can't shake. Because he's always trying to force it and grab it for himself. Yeah. Starting with his brother's heel. And that's the end of our Bible reading here today. Again, we appreciate having you along on this journey through the message. This has been a a great adventure for us. We've never read through the Message Mm -mm. Bible together. I've never read through the Bible completely with intent before. I've read the Bible since I was little, little, but not in this way and not with this kind of interest. So I'm absolutely loving it. And I'm glad to have everybody join us. So if you have any comments or questions or anything, we're not Bible scholars, but we will do our best to answer your questions and always engage in conversation with you, and we will meet you exactly where you're at. Absolutely. And we plan to add a prayer before we start every reading, just to invite that Holy Spirit to just get us ready for what we're going to hear. But if you have a specific prayer request, share it with us, and we would be honored to pray over you. Absolutely. So thanks again for joining along. And we look forward to seeing you here tomorrow for day number 14. See you then.